The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, I'm Carrie Charles, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, 5G Talent Talk. I'm super excited today to have with me the president and CEO of DataGrid, Tom Brown. Tom? Welcome to 5G Talent Talk today on this Thank election you, day, November 3rd. <laughs> Thank you. What an exciting day today. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your day to have me on. And if I could, let me just share with uh, your audience who DataGrid is. Uh, DataGrid is the single largest data center in New York City. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about what's happening in New York City because it's an epicenter in, in a lot of different ways. But as I said, we have the single largest data center encompassing 120,000 square feet in the iconic 60 Hudson Street. Everybody recognizes that address, 60 Hudson Street. So we've been at this since 2011. I joined in 2018 as president CEO to really focus on our next evolution of growth. And there's really two things that I think is really important. At 60 Hudson Street, there is no meeting room, per se, that is sanctioned by the building. You have a number of meeting areas, and we've been able to mitigate the cross-connect burden that exists in our marketplace today. There's also a, another something that's very, very compelling is our ability to provide dense power applications. With the emergence of the edge pops, with heavy dense power requirements, we have a 15 megawatt power infrastructure fed diversely from the utility in New York City. So it's rather compelling for the folks, whether it's gaming, cloud, traditional service providers, large enterprises, government agencies. It's very, very broad. We're now speaking to the wireless, right? Where wireless meets wireline. So I know that you're involved in NIDAS and you know that that's the whole message behind that as well. So really, really excited about what's taking place and really, really excited about, listen, our whole world turned upside down eight months ago. And a good thing we're in this space because we have seen tremendous opportunities come into our pipeline that we probably wouldn't otherwise seen as a result of this. So yeah, let's talk about that, Tom. So, you know, how has business been in 2020 with COVID? Has it affected you in a positive way, negative way? What about hiring? So we just completed. So let me tell you, we have two floors, one of which is the fifth floor, Carrie, that is that is 60,000 square feet that we did a wholesale deal with then Telex, now DRT. And when I joined, we pivoted, and I thought that was really critical to do so because the requirements of our customers did not dictate large parcels of space. So we are now focused on a minimum requirement of 50 kW. We're not in the, the transactional business of the half a rack or rack, but really customized solutions for an edge deployment all the way up, including multiple megawatts. And I say that because within our funnel and within this time frame, we have seen opportunities of that magnitude. So the business carry has, as I said earlier, we're seeing opportunities that would otherwise be a 2021, maybe even pushed out a bit later than that, moved up. So we're excited about what prospects we have in the funnel and really the, the diversity of, of the prospects, what I just talked about, whether it's a gaming, a cloud, a content, video collaboration, CDNs, these guys are all coming to us mm -hmm. to really see the value of, of what we bring to the marketplace. So what's driving that, those diverse opportunities? Is it 5G? Is it the network virtualization? What's driving it? 
I think when you think about what's actually happened, right, overnight, right, and we all talk about it, oh, we can't wait to go back to a conference and meet in person. I'd love to be sitting in front of you, Carrie, and having this conversation, right, because we're so accustomed to doing that. But literally overnight, we had to change what we were doing. So I think, in my opinion, based on what we've seen, right, if you take a look at all the, the hyperscalers, use one example, AWS, they fortified their network and their growth within that three-month, four-month period in that same time, they duplicated what they did in the last 12 months. Microsoft was another one. So you're seeing that. And then you're seeing that on, on the, the long-haul providers, whether it's Windstream, whether it's whether it's CenturyLink, right now Lumen, all these long-haul providers seeing record, record months to really fortify their networks. So very, very interesting to see now that focusing on fortifying the data center space. So it's been exciting for the opportunities that we see. So that sounds like there's going to be explosive growth over the next year, two years, even five years in the data center industry, especially as 5G rolls out, right? So very, very interesting you say that. I sat on another panel and I was with uh, representatives from Cushman, Wakefield and and, uh, JLL. If you take a look around the space, and I'm just going to throw some statistics out, under construction today, right? Well, first and foremost, from a macro level, you see Northern Virginia, right? 2018, we said, you know what? I think we've hit our saturation point. We're actually moving outside of Loudoun County right now. So just in this time period, we believe that there's going to be from 18 to now 20, and then through 22, they're going to see doubling that space just in, in Northern Virginia alone. So it's, it's, it's startling. If you look at construction, what's on the construction today, out in Silicon Valley, 189 megawatts. Chicago, 137 megawatts. It's just startling. The amount of, of, of construction is underway in, in the data center space. And then from the metro, you know, if you look at Phoenix, if you look at Dallas, you look at New York, it's still continuing to expand. So when we thought that there was a saturation, there really isn't. It's And... Think about where we were seven months ago. We were talking about all in about 5G. In my opinion, 5G almost took a back seat because we had to make sure that we were doing what we needed to do just to have this very video conference we were on this morning, right? To make sure, look at Zoom went from from 30 million simultaneous calls at once to 300 million overnight. And it was the Zoom boom. So they uh, doubled their space uh, within 60 Hudson Street. So it's just, it's startling, but it's not temporary. It's here to stay. So I think 5G is going to have another larger impact on that. So we're excited about what the future holds. Yeah, so am I. Tell me a little bit more about Edge Pops. We talked about it uh, previously before the show. So what does that mean? What's the purpose? So an edge pop, right? People to have, there's varying different uh, definitions, right? Almost to the point where it's, 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 uh, it's almost uh, commercial in a sense that it's, hey, we're an edge pop. You're an edge pop. Well, what does an edge pop mean? Well, really edge means where the application meets the network, right? So if you think about, and whether it's tier two, tier three markets, right? If you think about New York City and you think about an aggregation point, you think about 60 Hudson Street, Carrie, where we have over 300 service providers. And when you have 4 million eyeballs that sit right outside in the island of Manhattan, I will tell you that folks uh, vacated the city. So maybe it's three and a half million eyeballs that sit outside the city of New York. The aggregation point of 60 Hudson Street is key. So we design solutions for our customers that are specifically to meet their needs, whether it's a density uh, from a power perspective. Let me just really talk a really bit about power. Just over the last few years, and even during this pandemic, we've seen requirements 
that are typically three to five kW for per footprint carrier now seven to ten. And the way in which we designed it, and I tip my cap to my colleague Art Belherdy, uh, who designed this and had the foresight to to see this, is we have the ability to provide really dense power applications in a very condensed small space. So compute power has gotten greater, but the size of the space is not necessarily need to be that large. So these edge pops are typically between 50 kW and and 200 kW. We don't really believe that they're going to go beyond that size uh, unless it's it's more of a wholesale model. Okay. So you mentioned that, that people are exiting New York City. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in New York City. I know that, you know, people are moving here to Tampa. I mean, sight unseen, they don't even need to see the house. What's that going to mean to your industry and, and your, you know, in, in New York? So the very advent of Internet of Things, the very advent of artificial intelligence, the advent of 5G, we are in the infancy stage, Carrie, of what the infrastructure is going to look like. I tip my cap to what Ray Lachance and Zenfi Networks are doing, really the model for that for that smart city. They have a boatload of, of work to do to ensure and to see through their vision. And we, uh, we've talked on panels before, and uh, people ask, hey, Ray, where are we at in, in this whole 5G? He's like, if it's comparing, comparable to a game, we're still warming up. We're not even in the early innings. There's still so much work that needs to be done. And we need aggregation points. So, listen, I believe New York City is going to come back. We are resilient. I was in the thick of things here when it was 9-11, uh, when it was Super Storm Sandy. I was out of my home for 60 days. I believe New York City is the epicenter. It's just unfortunate that this great city has really brought themselves to their knees during this unsettling time. So, but I believe it's going to rebound. And the technology is certainly not going to waver at all. So, uh, listen, I, uh, Florida is a great place. And one day I'll have an address down there. Um, so you just got a head start, Carrie, about being down there. <laughs> okay, you got it. I love New York City. So good to hear that it that it's coming back and, and all is well in New York and feels good. Hey, I, I will mention to you that Facebook, Facebook took a million square feet uh, just right in the, in, in, the, in the heart of Midtown. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Google continues to expand. That's another good point, Carrie, that, uh, yeah. you know, when you think about New York City, 118th Avenue was a, was a hub, which was that complemented 60 Hudson Street, and that has been contracted as a result of the Google campus. Uh, oh, 85 10th Avenue is another... A building that was was home to that is home to Microsoft, uh, and that is going to be another expansion part of uh, the Google campus. So uh, you're seeing where, where they're drawing talent from the city of New York, and it's good to see that when this all passes, that they're going to continue to expand uh, and, and pull from the talent pool here in New York City. So uh, that that's good to see as well. Yeah, that is very good to see. So on uh, a nice segue to talent, I want to talk about talent just a bit. Has COVID altered your hiring plans in 2020? Uh, do you see that, you know, that's going to affect your hiring plans in 2021? You know, how has it really affected you on the workforce side? So, Carrie, you and I have talked about this previously, and, and I think, think it's really neat. So, DataGrid is, is, uh, is owned by a private equity firm. We leverage very heavily on contractors. I know that's where your expertise is. So, uh, as we continue to expand, we will bring in the necessary people, whether it's uh, on the construction side, whether it's on uh, uh, the, the power side, whether it's on the design side. Um, so, uh, 
as I said, we leverage very heavily on those constructions. So in 2021, as we continue to expand and build out, today we have uh, a one megawatt data hall, and very easily we can expand that, but we'll bring in that talent. So we'll leverage services like you to bring in those subject matter experts. So I'm very bullish on, on hiring in the coming year. So we're excited about that. I like to hear that. Okay, that's, that's good news. In yeah. fact, a trend that I heard is, is developing. There was a trend in, in 2020 that many companies released contractors. They did not hire contract labor. I mean, contract placements went down quite a bit with staffing firms. And then I hear that the trend is now it's coming back up, that more people are starting to hire contractors and coming into Q4, especially into Q1 and beyond, that that's going to be the way to go. So definitely good to hear. What Tell me about DataGrid. Let's move to your culture. You know, what is it like to work at DataGrid and to be a contractor for DataGrid? I mean, tell me a little bit about who you are. So, Carrie, when we, when we bring on a contractor, we bring them on as, as if they are part of our team. They are part of our team. So we don't segregate them and say, oh, you're just a contractor. You understand what we need to do to meet and exceed the expectations of our customers. And that's really, really important when we, when we qualify a particular candidate and saying, listen, you, you need to meet and exceed the expectations. One of the differentiators between DataGrid and another op- option that people might have, even our own very building, is that you are able to make a difference, exceed the expectations of your customers, and, and be in a position to have a seat at the table. And what I mean by that is, is collaborating and making sure that the design in which a client is looking to have is that, hey, maybe there's another way of doing it better. The people we hire are not just, these folks have, have, have been able to design before and are subject matter experts. So they are a part of our team, email, a data grid, business card. They're, they're part of our team. So wow. that's really, really important to integrate them in as quickly as possible and be able to be empowered to not only suggest, but also make those decisions that ultimately affect the customer experience. That is is phenomenal because it's a challenge for many companies when they have permanent employees and full-time employees and they have contractors, how to integrate the contractors into the team, make them feel like they're part of the team, and then really for retention as well so they don't get pulled away to another contract. And there's this, this idea that because someone's a contractor, they're not as dedicated or committed to the role. I mean, how do you feel about that? That's all established up front and really setting the expectations, right, Carrie? That's the responsibility of me and other members of my senior team to convey what the expectations are. You aren't just a quote-unquote contractor. You are part of the team. And that's really, really important. I'll give you an example. We have a contractor that heads up our construction, and he's been with us for now five years. So would you call that person an employee? I do, but contractually and and how the agreement we have with this individual, he's a contractor. But when we're in front of a customer, we don't segregate and say, oh, well, here's one of our contractors you work with. No, this is my colleague. And collectively, we're going to create a solution for you that's going to ultimately help you out. So that's 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 a great success story, right? And then there are other contractors, which you and I have spoke about, is that this is a defined time. And people thrive in that environment where, hey, listen, it's a project that is going to be with start date and a finish date. And there's goals and incentives within that. And people thrive in that environment as well. So there's all different types of, of uh, and then they, they move on or they're able to work simultaneously with, with other projects that they have. And that's the way they built their business. So there's a lot of complementary aspects that really need to be set up front. So it's yeah. been working out well for us. 
No, I, I love to hear that. So tell me, what is next for Data Grid in the next five years? What's your vision? So what's really interesting is Data Grid, there is, so we have two floors right now. We have the ability to expand within the building. I believe that we will continue to, to look to expand and really address what's at hand. One of the things that we created and a founding member of is the Independent Data Center Alliance. So for us, with our, our current investment group and ownership, is that they really want to see this asset at 6000th Street through before we take a look at expanding in a like type environment, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's Miami, where we can replicate uh, the model. So currently right now, we have, I've been leveraging my participation in the Independent Data Center Alliance that are like data centers, geographically diverse, provide a solution, a global solution for, for our customers. Sort of one throw to choke type of scenario where we can collectively come together. So we have Bluebird out in St. Louis, Colo Northwest up in Seattle, actually NYI in, in New York, Main Cubes in Amsterdam, and we have a whole other host of folks that are currently evaluating uh, joining the the Data Center Alliance. So I'm really excited about the few years ahead coming up. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear about success in such uncertain times, especially when we really don't know what we're facing. But I do believe that this industry is on its way up and there's nothing but good things ahead. So Tom, you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. What's the name of it? Where can we find it? Where can we listen to it? I know it's really good. You're a great host. <laughs> thank you, Carrie. I appreciate that. And thank you for allowing me to bring up. We are the Interconnect Hub. We are, have now have over 26 episodes. And it's just so much fun. It's great to come on to a podcast like yours and, and also have guests. And the idea behind the Interconnect Hub is really to bring on industry leaders like yourself to get their perspective, to understand the, their trends, to understand their challenges. We also have prospective customers that come come on and, and talk about some of their challenges. And really just to give you a, a breath of fresh air of what's actually happening. Take it just a few minutes out of your day, whether you're traveling in the car or you're working out on a treadmill, whatever it may be, just to get the insight. We want to be a little bit forward thinking as opposed to the traditional marketing that we typically leave behind at, at trade shows, but just really to, to have some current events that and, and understand the challenges and trends that are in our marketplace today. You can find it on any, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Google Podcasts, any podcast where you have and you listen to your to your podcast. It's been so much fun to, to have some great guests on. So uh, thank you for allowing me to share with you at the Interconnect Hub. Of course, absolutely. Everyone go and watch and listen to the podcast. It's a it's an audio, right? I think I'm one of the only people that have a video podcast. <laughs> it is audio at this time, but we're gonna I'm gonna catch up, Carrie, to you and, and, and have a couple of video podcasts because it's I fun. Love it. it is fun. I really especially in this day and age when we don't get to really see people, I really enjoy it or you know, see people in person. Where can we find out more about Data Grid? So thank you, Carrie. www.datagrid.com or you can actually call me and reach out to me directly. I always, always give out my email, tbrown at datagrid.com. Should you have any questions regarding the entire market, let alone New York City, I'll be more than happy to. There are ways in which uh, we can potentially work with, uh, with anybody. Wonderful. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope to have you back, you know, in, in a few months and let's see where New York City is what's happened after the election after things settle uh definitely would love to have you back so thanks for being on the show today gary it's my pleasure and thank you for your time today have Absolutely. a great day you take care
Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.